This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Kaplunk and Buckaroo. Two games of suspense from Ideal. And you need patience to play Kaplunk. You just pull out the sticks without letting any marbles fall. Because when they do... Now, Buckaroo. You take turns putting boots and buckets and just about everything you can get your hands on on Buckaroo. But carefully does it. Because you never know when he's going to... Buckaroo, partner! Kaplunk and Buckaroo. They're both ideal. Buckaroo, I, oh, I freaking hated that donkey, man. I hated that donkey. Wow, what was it about Buckaroo that you found so difficult? Well, just, just fucking kick out and shit, wouldn't he? It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever, whenever anyone is listening or watching from, and thank you so, so much for joining us again. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai via Radio Techers. I am Sai, uh, a very happy, joyous, slightly sunburned, slightly tired, slightly still hungover Sai, but we'll get to that shortly. Joining me as always is the game to my lane, the pedigree to my lack of credibility, a podcaster whose summer activities with sweaty men are kind of always non-sanctioned, but we don't like to get into too many details about that. Mr. Mags, how are we doing, sir? Wow, my summer <laughs> matches with men are unsanctioned. Wow. Yeah, I'm doing brilliant. Well, uh, how are you feeling? It's just what I hear. <laughs> how are you feeling is more the point after your, your dalliances at the weekend. Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, um, I went to a music festival this weekend. It's one that I attend every year since it started. It's only the third year. Uh, well, fourth year since it started, but third festival because COVID sort of put pay to it last mm-hmm. summer. Uh, it's called Stone Dead. It's only about three, four, maybe 5,000, depending on the capacity they have per year. Um, one stage, classic rock festival. I go with my son and a few friends each year. Um, and I've always had a great time. It's classic rock, old school rocks right up my street. But it's the first time that I've really sort of gone out and done anything like this in a long time because of COVID, the same as many other people. So, I mean, normally when I go to a festival, 
Um, I have no issues at all with drinking all day, getting up in the morning, drinking all day, watching the bands, jumping around like a maniac to my favourite band, singing along without an issue. Uh, even when it's really sunny, I mean, I take after my dad for this, and my daughter takes after me. Even when it's really sunny, um, if I burn, I, I'm burnt for, I don't know, a few hours, and then that just turns to tan. Mm-hmm. My, my dad is very much the same way. All of that's gone out the window, Magsy. I drank all day, woke up the following morning, felt like death. Well, I'm so out of practice. Not only felt like death. Oh, yes, you have an image, don't you? Look yes, like I, death. I, I, I'm not very attractive there. Oh, dear, dear, dear. It's funny because we cover my eyes. If you can see my eyes, I do not look brilliant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can make it out. I'm still quite pink around the cheeks and there and on my arms as well you can sort of see the sunburn on on, on there like you know t-shirt um, tan brilliant oh yeah totally totally uh, i ain't taking my shirt off in public mate nobody wants to see that goodness me um and i mean the lineup changed a great deal a lot of the bands that were supposed to be there didn't make it due to due to covid um a few other bands pulled out on the day which was a shame but the, the organizers Fair play to them, all volunteers, none of them take money from this, mm-hmm. all managed to get nine bands on, some fantastic acts, um, and one of them was Blaze Bailey, who used to be the singer for Iron Maiden back in the early 90s, he did two albums for Iron Maiden, and Maiden are one of my favourite bands. When Blaze Bailey performed, it was just a Maiden set he was doing, so it was all Iron Maiden songs like that he recorded, so he did 10, 11 songs, it was awesome. Um, I got right down the front. Uh, my my body, or well, my mind, sorry, thinking, I'm 20 years old again. I'm listening to Blaze Bailey sing for Iron Maiden. Blaze lost his way with some of the words once or twice and actually gave me a thumbs up because I think I remembered more of the lyrics than he and I was shouting them out as we were singing and so on. Um, jumping up and down like a maniac, having a, having a whale of a time, mate. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Loved it. Highlight of the weekend. Oh, good. Within, 20, within 20 minutes of Blaze finishing, um, I, I, my ankle swelled up to the size of a rugby ball. My voice was like this. And uh, my back was killing me. So, yeah, whereas in my head I may think I'm 20, my body's telling me I'm more like I'm 80, I think. You know, so <laughs> bit of a struggle, Magsy. But the the, the, the thing is you, you are slowly getting back to normality, getting back to uh, the things that you love. And, yeah, cool that you had a good time. Really, yeah, really glad great. you enjoyed it. It was great, mate. It was really good. So looking forward to hopefully managing to make it again next year. How's your week been, my friend? What have you been up to? Yeah, it's uh, been uh, quite hectic in terms of content. Uh, we had uh, Radio Texas back with uh, the football season being back, so uh, we had that. Then we had UFC this weekend. But I'm going to give a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. Uh, me and Mrs. Uh, Mrs. P have been uh, having some uh, some uh, illicit messaging between us. Did you some, know about some, this? Some uh, non, non-sanctioned messages. Some very <laughs> non-sanctioned messages. Uh, um, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Go on. No, I mean you. You know what we've uh, been messaging about. She's a uh, she's uh, oh, putting okay. to, putting together a cool little package uh, of a uh, chain wrestling style uh, memorabilia, uh, which I'm really excited for for to receive. And uh, hopefully there'll be uh, uh, a, a point in time very soon that you'll be able to go out and purchase said uh, merchandise, stuff like stickers and and coasters, maybe mugs and t-shirts and stuff like that. So yeah. Uh, some uh, cool, cool artwork, and you may notice uh, the 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 new kind of uh, redesigned logo there up in the corner. Not Simon's gorgeous, gorgeous alcoholic <laughs> induced face, but this uh, this redesigned logo, all done by the super, super talented Mrs. P. So 
yeah, that's uh, that's what yeah. my uh, my secretive dances with uh, with the great Mrs. P were all about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got I got to say a big big thanks to to my wife for this because I mean, first of all, um, technology wise, where to start? I would be clueless, um, and also effort wise, I'm far too lazy. So it's it's <laughs> it, it's brilliant that my wife has done this. I mean, uh, we, we're getting a few samples that we'll we'll obviously show when they arrive. Um, when they are here we'll have a little look maybe set up when people want to make orders if we do go down that road if people are interested and of course in the chat and on twitter and so on let us know if you are interested in merch mugs t-shirts whatever let us know let us know what you want and, and me and magsy and basically my wife who is incredibly talented and fantastic and, and motivated and, and awesome um if she is able to fulfill these orders and the designs that we're talking and so on fantastic so let us know anything you want and mm-hmm. we'll see what we can do but there is no guarantees at all <laughs> i mean I, I wasn't entirely honest then oh yeah and and this i'm only gonna feed you a little tidbit uh but i've done something very secretive uh in a, my appreciation for for you and uh for how well we've come with this uh with this podcast i mean <sighs> This this was just a, an idea that you that popped into your head, and, and we've really took this on a, a, an amazing journey. And I wanted to like, I wanted to thank you for for dragging me along and having me as part of this. So I've got you a, a little gift. It's uh, it's it's on the way, being uh, being specially made for for you. But uh, you'll know it when okay. you see it, sir. I, I'm intrigued. I, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm also- not. I'm not going to spill any more than that. But I promise. You will love it. Okay, brilliant stuff. Well, thank you, Magsy. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll look forward to that. Hugely appreciated already, my friend. Um, we've got a few comments in the chat there, Mags. You want to bring a few up? Uh, wow, it's again. You guys are so amazing in, in the chat. We absolutely adore you all. Uh, let's start with uh, Dan Griffin, uh, stranger to the show. Haven't seen this guy uh, pop up either <laughs> on screen or on chat for for what seems like weeks. Like maybe two weeks mm. into the future. Week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got the effervescent Mrs. P in the chat. Hello, Mrs. P. Um, one one third of the 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 Basham brothers here, Danny Basham, uh, Scottish Danny Wolfpack in the house. Um, and then we get a little bit of chat between the the, uh, the 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 people in the chat, which is I think it's absolutely amazing the fact that you can come here and not even really watch us or pay attention to us. You just go and have a, a chat between yourself. Uh, we've got another uh, brethren that burns in Scottish Danny's as pale as Seamus. <laughs> um, Dan's uh, willing to be our merch seller, saying I'll sell copies of Sars Drunk Drunken Selfie for some pounds, by the way, for extra if you want me to fake a signature. Brilliant. Um, non-sanctioned, it's the only way to go. Um, mm. And Dan Griffin, I want Sars Drunk Selfie on a T-shirt with the caption, we'll lose <laughs> Paul for content. No, do you That's know what? That, that's actually annoying because Sar won another poll this week, but we'll certainly get to that. Um I did. Scottish Danny, I'll be totally down for a few T-shirts. Uh, Dan, UTT, and Bang Bang 2, get those merchers going. Uh, Dan Griffith says, it's a resin mold of my junk. Yeah, oh, and it pulled, it, it dinked on a few pubes as well, so... Uh, oh, mate, mate, mate. In there. <laughs> My kids watch this. 
<laughs> this is P. Ha 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 ha. I know what it is, and she does know what it is. We were very, very sneaky with what we've you done. Bloody, where are the pair of you? I knew nothing and about this. We ran out of silicone. We absolutely did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's uh, that's all for the chat for now. But uh, yeah, let's get into this. Uh. Yeah, definitely. Um, shall we have a little look at our non wrestling topic magazine? Have you got anything else you want to touch on first, my friend? No, I've done all the touching that I need to touch on. For goodness sake. It's always the <laughs> smat with you, isn't it? You always got to drag the tone down. <laughs> you would not expect anything. <laughs> Very true, my friend. Very true. Okay, our non-wrestling topic this week. Um, we decided to have a little look at board games. So whether that's board games you loved when you were a kid, board games you hated as a kid or even as an adult, uh, memories of board games, arguing with your siblings, your mum, your dad, your cousins, whoever else, um, anything at all, good, bad or indifferent with regards to board games growing up or even present day. Um, we had quite a few responses again, Magsy, because our, our listeners, stroke viewers, are absolutely bloody fantastic. Yes, they um, are. Yeah, I mean, I'll just, as always, run through in the order they arrived into us. Um, there's a few here that I may need to pick your brains upon, so I'm not 100% sure what they are. Um, and then we'll get to a couple maybe that yourself and, and I played once upon a time, Mags, and, and different stories there. And as always in the chat, if you want to contribute, put forward any board games you can think of now that you enjoyed or, or disliked or whatever, let us know. Um, we start with the always awesome Ori, uh, at Ori the draw on Twitter. She says there is a common story of her mum and dad playing risk and her dad getting so upset. He ripped the board in half and has never played the game since. And that's what I envisage when it comes to, to, to um, family board games, just people losing their shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I have, I have done similar things. Uh, to that um i don't know if you're aware i don't really come across it on the show but i am pretty competitive um, no <laughs> yes. no not you <laughs> so yeah I, I, I can i can certainly put myself in the mindset of her dad being fuming about about losing a game of risk <laughs> What was Risk? How, how was that played? What is that one? I think Risk was the one where you have to take over the world, like in, in terms of uh, countries and, and land masses and stuff like that. I don't know the, the rules of it, but I'm sure it's a, it's, a, it's essentially a war strategy game, I think. Okay. Unless I'm thinking of a different game, but I think it's that one. Okay. So it's either that game or a different game is what you're saying? Yeah, essentially. It's a Brilliant. game yeah, played on a board. <laughs> Which ticks all the boxes for what we want today, mate. Signed. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, UTT Rob at UTT Rob on Twitter of the always awesome UTT podcast. Um, speaking of which, Dan, if you're in the chat there, hello again, my friend. Uh, more to come about Dan later on with regards to future weeks. Um, Rob says, and he actually included a picture here. His dad still has his copy of Travel Go from the early 60s. His version is older than the one he pictured here. Oh, we can see it on the screen. Brilliant, Maxie. Um, he said it was an awesome and ridiculously convoluted game where you had to collect souvenirs from around the world, change money into local currency, and book onward travel. I think that's onward, like book your travel to the next country. 
Oh, right, okay. He's got, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that made more sense. He's actually got, a, I read that as on ward because there's a space there. I'm not just being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, essentially, it's a, uh, a holiday simulator for, for people who can't afford to go on holiday. We'll play Go and pretend we've been. Or if you re- if it's raining where you are, if you've got like a caravan holiday, which we do sometimes and it's raining, mm-hmm. you could play a holiday board game whilst on holiday. Yeah. In some kind of really weird paradox kind of situation. Meta. Very meta. Yeah, see, look at that. Um, we have uh, more from Rob here saying, in terms of family cheating, his great-grandma used to cheat at Monopoly all the time and then try and blame her age when people people caught her skimming from the bank. I love that. That's fantastic. Who hasn't done that? I haven't. You've never cheated at nope. Monopoly. That nope. is a fib. I used it's to... We used to have debates on who could should be the banker just because we wanted to, to skim money from the from the bank. I've when, never been the banker. When you're dishing Monopoly. out the 500s and you slyly dish yourself out two very tightly together, yeah, oh, yeah, you, we've played that game many a time. I'll tell you that. I mean, Sharon, my wife, is in the chat. I, I believe Charlie and, and, and my other daughter live maybe as well. They'll back me up on this. I've never been the banker in Monopoly, ever. Well, so I can't cheat, can I? That's, I mean, you still can't cheat. We used to make our rules up as we as we go along. Uh, <laughs> Danny, I can't cheat if you never bother to learn the rules. Exactly. Very exactly. true. Man. Very true. And here, Benny confirms everybody cheats at Monopoly. And See, no, oh, I don't. A little bit of insight. Mrs. P says, Sad doesn't play Monopoly because he's a big baby. I right. need to hear more right. about that. We are going to hear more about that when we get to the end of, of the <laughs> non topic, okay? And it's not just about the big baby thing. She called me a sore loser on Twitter earlier on, today, yesterday, or whenever it was. Again, referring to Monopoly, saying that's why we don't play it, but that's not the case. And I'll get to why we don't play it when we get to when I'm covering my games. That's fair. Uh, Scottish Danny, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> never a truer oh. word was said. God bless him, Eddie. Eh? Fantastic stuff. Um, speaking of Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter, absolutely love playing Operation with my niece. Can play this for hours. Now, Operation, if people remember, is the the sort of plastic dude led down with all holes in, and you got to like use the um, uh, the sort of I don't know what they're called, like the tweezers, tweezers sort of effort. So that's the one there. Yeah, that's the box to try and get effectively body parts out of this dude. And if you touch the wrong bit it would buzz and his nose would go and it'd make you jump and so on um i was never a big fan of operation mate purely because i sucked at it <laughs> yeah same I, whenever i played that i always end up shaking like a shitting dog uh yeah. could never do it that was all your dependency issues wasn't it when you were trying to just play like you know oh god oh god that oh and, god that and, and the that and the hoop where it, where you've got to follow the curved wire and if you touch it uh, with the hoop, it, it, it buzzes. Yeah. yeah, never good at never good, never ever been good at those kind of like um, re- kind of calm nerves, stillness nah, uh, games. Yeah, I'm terrible at them. So normally. we'll get onto Prop- another one of those in a minute. Props, for, props to Danny for being able to play it. Yeah, and he says he loves playing it with his niece. How, is is that because you win all the time, Danny? How old's your niece? Um, let us and know I in the she, chat. And actually, got early onset Parkinson's, so you definitely oh, dude, win What is wrong with you tonight? We're barely 20 minutes in and I'm already like uncomfortable. 
So my work sake. here is done. <laughs> we have somebody new in the chat, Magsy, and it's a name that um, many of my family and friends will know, but not from that, Viking Storm 76 That is actually my good buddy, Stu, who came to the festival with us this weekend. So, oh. and so, he's he'll, li- so he'll remember the, the picture. Oh, probably. Probably if he wasn't asleep or Stu was one of the Stu on the Saturday morning is the most hungover I've ever seen him or potentially any other person that I know. I'm fairly certain at one stage Stu took himself back into his tent to have a little cry in the morning because he felt that poorly, you know, but he got powered through, chucked a couple of vodka Red Bulls into him and off he went. It was great stuff. Um, I I hope that is Stu, Viking Storm 78. I think that's he's just today set up a Twitter. Um, and that's the same. Oh, there you go. He's still dead inside. Yep. It is Stu. Hi, Stu. Really, really good to, to see you joining us this evening, mate. Thank you very much, bud. Um, Interstate Wrestling Podcast at IS Wrestling Pod. A brilliant show worth listening to if anyone gets the opportunity. Um, he says, guess who was a stable growing up? Now it's more Cards Against Humanity that makes the annual holidays a riot. Um, guess who? Is something that really reminds me of being around my nans. Mm-hmm. She, had a, she had like an old wall cabinet sort of thing where the toys were for when the grandkids came over, and then one side was a few board games, and you had uh, battleships in there. And I always liked playing battleships. Um, yeah. And Guess Who was another one that me and my sister played quite a bit when we were younger. Yeah, what did you think of Guess Who, Magsy? Yeah, I thought it was a, a decent game. I mean, you could always kind of work out who they are we're asking a few simple questions like man or woman are they wearing a hat uh are they got glasses and uh, you can kind of like narrow it down but yeah uh, uh, a fun game to pass the time yeah the best yeah, part was right. clicking them down though weren't it, it was like yeah is, is this a woman click 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 click, click, click. yeah yeah, totally. Um, Cards Against Humanity. Now, I've seen adverts of this or bits and bobs online, like the best of, and it's, you know, and it's like literally just drawing cards out and put putting silly sentences together and stuff, isn't mm-hmm. it, Max? Have you seen this one? And yeah, and usually they end up with something pretty brutal, more brutal than, than I come up with on this show. Mm, yeah, quite uncomfortable stuff, but at the same time, quite funny. So. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> depending on your sense of humour. We don't condone cards of hu- against humanity on this show, but go and check it out. Well, see, again, I've, I've never played it. Oh well, you know, me and Sharon have said about having a go on it, like, but yeah, never played that. That, that sounds like it could be a good laugh. Um, your homework for next week. What cards against humanity? Yeah, is that what you've sent me? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine rocks up a, a game of that would be eerily, eerily that would be coincidental? So yeah, That'd would. be almost like you were time traveling as a podcaster. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and we have a podcast that's talked about time traveling to to discuss in a little while. Oh, it's all exciting stuff. We'll have to, I think after we're, we're done with this in a few minutes, Max, we'll have to give a bit of clarity about what we're talking about with Dan and stuff going on in the next week or two. But yeah. Um, Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast at Good Bad Wrestle on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Even as a maths person, Scrabble was always a fave. Always preferred the letters, games, conundrums on Countdown to the numbers games. Although chess was his game. I'm assuming this is Graham here, maybe. Um, used to play in tournaments when he was younger and the youngest has just started playing, so may get drawn back in. Um, Scrabble, I didn't mind, to be honest. I've always thought i've been quite you know i've done a bit of writing in the past my english teacher used to tell me i was always quite good at that sort of thing so i suppose maybe because i was semi-okay at it that's why i enjoyed it maybe 
Did, did mm-hmm. you play Scrabble much, Max? Yeah, a lot. Um, um, again, I'm kind of like you. I think um, I wouldn't say I'm exactly a wordsmith, but I, I know words. I, I can. Uh, I, I can. <laughs> I speak, know words. I can speak English. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, like for instance, I've got a, a PlayStation game that me and the wife will play uh, semi regularly called. Uh, uh, letter quest where it's essentially like scrabble you you, you kind of like uh going across a story but you you get to the next level by using words and beating the bosses like that so uh yeah uh scrabble is uh always one of my favorites um when he, when he talks about countdown i actually prefer the numbers i think that's uh the, oh, okay. the best the best round i'm usually pretty quick with uh with uh working out stuff like maths uh, but yeah, one thing I will totally agree with him is chess. That was that was again that was one of my games. I played chess at, uh, for the school team, uh, and I've got a, a, a competitive story about about my uh, recent. Uh, well, not recent, a few years ago now about something that happened when I was playing chess. Well, then let's hear so, it, mate. Let's hear it. Let's, let's spill. Okay, so, gonna, you're going to wait till the end. I mean, I'm I'm happy to spill now. Get it out of the way. Let me let me calm down afterwards. But yeah, uh, <laughs> um, I like I said, I played chess at school, so I thought I was a. Uh, you could say I was smug about it, maybe that, that I thought I was better than people. That's it. But you you uh, were showing off, right? Something you were good at. I yeah, don't, no, you, I'm not having I mean, that. No, I won't it, have it said, man. It, it does happen often. <laughs> I mean, the wife has never beat me on uh, on snooker on the PlayStation, and I've ignored her for two days because of it. That's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> but, but she beat me once at chess. Or no, let's. She never beat me. She was close to beating me, and I did uh, something that I'm not proud of. But in a way, I am also proud of it. I uh, I flipped the board, so all the chess oh, pieces no. came off like an absolute child. Uh, yeah, so what? I mean, I'm I'm competitive. You know this. I'm competitive. If I could flip the poles just before the <laughs> final minute, I would flip the poles. And I, yeah, but and, you're winning I, still. You're you're like five or six shows ahead still. No, but you're still catching up. That's now three or four shows that I, I, I could be even further ahead. But well, I the, suppose the the viewers and 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 the 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 Twitter ads. They want to pick that. That's up to them. I will not hold a grudge. So just everyone in the chat, um, re-watching the live version later in the week, and then also listening to the audio podcast version that comes out on Wednesdays. Bear this in mind. If you want to hear Magsy have a tantrum and throw his toys out the pram, <laughs> vote, vote for me, regardless <laughs> of what match I put up. And we're all a winner, aren't we? <laughs> evil, evil person. Ah. <laughs> uh, we have the awesome, talented, creative, amazing Mr. Benny Mack messaging in here. I believe he's in the chat somewhere as well. Good evening, Benny. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Caught a little bit of Benny's show earlier between our two recordings, Magsy. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a, a, an episode earlier on today, and then obviously we're coming live now. So in between, I caught a, a short portion of Benny's uh, Twitch streaming show earlier on, um, live with Benny Mac. Always a great time there. Uh, always worth checking out. Search at Benny Mac, B-E-Triple-N-Y on Twitter for any information with regards to that. It's on Monday evenings, not long before we go live. And there's wrestling talk, there's gaming talk, there's just general life chit-chat, movies, mm-hmm. all sorts. Um, and also, Benny is the guy who's responsible for 
the all the graphics and creativity with regards to a new project that uh, Benny and I have coming up called the Waiting Room Podcast, which is going to be a podcast about the old show Quantum Leap coming out on Radio Techers, the same uh, network for want of a better term that carries chain wrestling. So, and, and Benny's the creative vision and uh, sort of creative spirit behind that as well. So big shout outs to Benny there. He says here. Um, atmosphere he included the picture it was an yes. awesome game the dude on the vhs tape tape scared him when he was a kid like what sort of time are we talking there max that must have been mid 90s maybe yes it was vhs i remember mm. actually, uh having this game and uh vacuum stone 78 says it was awesome but expensive yeah i remember it being uh that's right one, yeah. one of my kind of main christmas presents because of how expensive it was yeah. um but i i could never finish the game and it's not because it was um, scary or anything like that. I mean, it was for that for that time and very kind of innovative for that time as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you didn't see a lot of uh, things like this. But it just, the video went too fast and you couldn't keep up with the game for me. Um, it's only afterwards you realise maybe you could pause the video and not, <laughs> not have to play on. But you are yeah. meant, to, meant to keep the video rolling and play the game um, as an as as the video plays. But, yeah, we could never really keep pace with it so, um, and never really got to, to see what the end of the game was. But it was always cool um, to know that you had atmosphere. Yeah, for those who, who have never seen atmosphere or... I suppose primarily for those who were who were too young for it, Magsy, I guess. Um, what used to happen was, I think it was like 60 minutes, wasn't it? The tape, is that right? You have a countdown mm-hmm. of, of an hour. Yeah. And the, you play the board game. And the idea was you turn all the lights out and you, and you put this cassette tape in, press play. And when the tape was playing, that's how, when you were playing your board game. And it was all creepy noises coming from the TV. And it was just a black screen and so on. Um, and then completely at random, this horrible old, this horrible old ghosty dude would just appear and go, and start talking to you. And, um, and dictates uh, the game. I said, yeah. tells you what the next moves are going to be. Exactly. And then the further in you went, the more gnarly and, and manky and horrible this dude would be. Um, it's, if you can get hold of a copy of it now, I strongly advise doing it just to have a go to experience it. Cause this was when I was a kid and obviously Stu in the chat and yourself, Magsy there saying, we all played it. All my friends were mental on it. Like whenever it was 93, 94, whenever um, it's well worth giving it a go just to experience it because it is mm-hmm. completely different to all the other types of board games I played as a child. It, it was really sort of like you said, it was sort of groundbreaking stuff at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really kind of, it, there was nothing at all like it. I think a lot of uh, companies afterwards copied that style, having uh, uh, more um, video game, uh, more video recording based games. But yeah, this was certainly groundbreaking. Mm. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Dad awesome. in the chat. The longer you go, the more gnarly and manky it gets. Sounds like Sir at a festival. Hey, this weekend was only two and a half days, mate. You want to see me somewhere like Download where it's five days. That is shocking. That is, I'm worse than the guy in atmosphere then, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, this one here, Magsy, I need your assistance. This came up last week as well. I think, I don't know what this is, but if we can block this or get rid of this dude, whatever, please, because that's just getting on my nerves, that is. Oh, the uh, bar followers, yeah. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll be deleting that one. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't, whatever you do, do not click on the stupid links that they give because they're only fishing for your, for your personal information information yeah just you know basically spamming bastards pissed off your pimple dick shitheads just leave us alone all right um 
we had a message from someone called Hatchet Sal as well on Twitter at return into zero X E R O at the end, asking, "Are we going to touch upon how huge adult tabletop board gaming has become over the last decade or so?" Oh yeah, I saw this. Um, I mean, the problem is that I've not played a lot of adult board games i can understand there's a, a now a huge market for it and especially in this covid era with people having more time on their hands and they're being uh, kind of uh trapped indoors uh, there's been more of a, a buzz about playing adult um based uh, board games but yeah i've uh I've, I've not had any of that unfortunately no no i don't i don't either i mean i understand it's cool to um, look into though Dungeons and Dragons is obviously still a massive thing, isn't it? And obviously our good friend Matt Willis does a, a podcast with regular players there that comes out um, via Visionaries Global Media. A great listen for, on uh, just a, a lazy Sunday. Yeah, definitely. It's, 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 I've got no real understanding of how the game works or anything like that. But yeah, I find myself listening to an episode of that where they cover their game and they've got sound effects in the background and so on. And then I end up, skipping forward to, to listen to the next one because mm-hmm. I want to know what it's almost like they're telling you some sort of fantasy story and stuff it's quite yeah. it's quite you know I know that's oh, that's always been a big deal hasn't it in certain circles playing Dungeons and Dragons I believe it was in the 80s it all came out wasn't it maybe or late 70s potentially yeah, I mean, it's still going strong now. Um, and and the cool thing about uh, about uh, Matt and the Dungeons and Junkies uh, team is they they take turns in having like a story. Um, mm. One of them will take charge for for two, three, four episodes until the the story ends in the end. It's a uh, you kind of get lost in it, and like like yeah. you said, you, you can you can uh, skip from podcast to podcast and really get involved in it. So yeah, th- that's something I'd definitely recommend if people uh, are slightly interested in that thing to go and check it out that might get you uh more uh hyped to play some dungeons and dragons of your own yeah exactly um steve-o at total steve-o on twitter um this one i i, I don't know does steve steve wake up grumpy or something is he was he upset maybe this was pre uh vince mcmahon impressions he's normally happier um, when he does a Vince McMahon impression, <laughs> impersonating, yeah, impersonating Vince, he's more chirpy. Okay, um, in the words of Dan Griffin, Steve O says here, you can get to fuck, um, <laughs> have no interest in board games. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Steve O. I, I, I apologize, my friend. Um, Monopoly at a push, and that would have been 20 years ago. Yeah, okay, well, it's not ultimately, it's good that Steve O's still in contact. We appreciate that, Steve O, and sorry if I upset you, dude. <laughs> I mean, Chuck is a, a topic that you want us to cover, Steve. Or I'm sure me and uh, me and Sa and the rest of the amazing followers on on Twitter can can oblige. Uh, got some some uh, comments here in the chat. Viking Storm Test Match Cricket was uh, an awesome cricket game. Was that a board game, Stewie? I believe I it know. was. I was it really? It was. Mm-hmm. How could you um, play cricket in a board game form? Then we've got Dan saying, "If we need a Twitch mod, is moderately uh, competent when when he's paying attention, so not competent and barely ever paying attention." Moderately competent when paying attention. You're not selling yourself there, are you? Really? Uh, and then he's, uh, he says he doesn't know why Steve or brought him brought him in into that. <laughs> and Scottish Danny, shout out to Mister McMahon. His, his McMahon impressions are absolutely brilliant. They're, they're and, awesome, aren't they? Steve, and, oh, I'm only I'm only joking, of course. Everything I said there, mate. Love you, bits, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for the support. Absolutely. And then one comment I'm a little bit perturbed about. 
Mr. Ray Cash, a.k.a. Rance Morris, this needs less mags and more sa. Well, oh, thanks, that, mate. That... <laughs> no, 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 no. Last week was enough. Last No, no, no. <laughs> Last week was enough. <laughs> if you if you think this side needs if, if this show needs more sigh, then uh, then watch last week where Magsy had a few internet problems. And trust me, yeah. it, it proves yeah. that it does not need. More I sigh. will happily be in the background just as a voice. No, don't, mate. Look how big my head looks now. Look at that. I got a big melon face. Come on. <laughs> 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 you know uh no but thank you uh mr morris is that sorry yeah rare cash part, ah, of, the team, okay. part of the team uh radio tech is yeah i didn't recognize the name you see so some, well rare cash is his that's his gimmick name his gimmick is working name his working it's, actually, name. it's, a, it's a cool name because the s is spelled like a dollar sign so i like that yeah, yeah that raise in mysterio c-a-s-h as in dollars yeah it's good mate it's good uh and finally from twitter for gaming and so on um we have dan griffin again last time he played a board game between himself and his friend they played batman escape from arkham yeah i've never had that no normally we'd had a few drinks set it up had a few more drinks whilst playing it and danny won so well done dan good stuff um he says next morning he actually read the rules sober and he found he won despite misunderstanding the rules completely and making it easier for his friend to actually beat him. So if he made it easier for his friend to beat him and Dan still won, how bad was his friend? Well, yeah, exactly. But I mean, it just goes to show you don't need to follow the rules on games. No. Then rules just make games worse. Just make your own rules up as you go along. That's the best way. Exactly. Uh, Have you got any you want to cover, Magsy? Uh, no, I think we've uh, we've done pretty well there. Plenty of uh, interesting stories. Uh, um, I might touch on uh, my rules for for Monopoly. Uh, we uh, again, I mentioned that we kind of argued about who would be the banker and who would be able to rob the bank. Essentially, uh, <laughs> some of the rules that we used to play uh, was um, uh, the money that goes into. Uh, uh, when you get sent to prison and it goes into the part, and I can't remember what the bloody part's called now. Uh, but the bit the in the bank, middle. No, the there's a there's a free parking, the free parking pot. Okay, right, yeah. We, the banker had claim to that, so the they had that money. Uh, we we totally ignored the buying houses before you buy hotels rule, because who wants to go around and around and around and around buying a, a house per time? No, if you could afford it, bang straight on an hotel, no messing about. And we also did trades. Uh, which kind of isn't allowed that like, if uh, somebody owed you some rent rather than bankrupt them and take all the money and everything goes back to the bank. It's, well, you pay me with with your um, your Fleet Street and we'll call it quits. So, yeah, we used to do all that. Mainly I used to do that to make sure I won. And in general, I did. I'm starting to see a pattern developing here with yourself in certain situations, you know. <laughs> well, the, 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 the Archie and uh, Andy, um, hello, sir, from Bang Bang Podcast, which is making a comeback very, very soon. Uh, yes. unfortunately, unfortunately, the star of the show, uh, he's not going to be there, uh, but uh, laughable piss drinker Andy will certainly be there, and he's going to be having a... Uh, uh, different guests every week, which is going to be interesting. Uh, but he says, did we play about burn the rules? No. Burn the rules for, for Monopoly is rob the houses that are on there. Um, and then that's it, essentially. 
Yeah, super excited about Bang Bang as well coming back. Andy's a top top bloke. It'd be odd, Steve not maybe around potentially, um, but Andy's he's been on SJP when SJP was still up and running full time, which is returning soon, obviously. Um, and and it, I've spoken to him a few times for that. Andy's just a top fella, so it's really gl- really great news to hear him coming back to, and hearing him um, talk about wrestling again. At least it'll be a hundred percent more positive about wrestling and a hundred percent less swearing and also <laughs> abusive to the listener. But yeah, uh, I hope uh, Steve gets his passion back soon because uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's for, uh, he's a great guy, even though he hates everything uh, and everyone that's ever existed. He once said he likes me, so uh, he also said that this is still episode seven of Chain Wrestling, so mm. there is that. What are we on now? Is this episode 40? I think <laughs> something like that. It's the episode eight of the live one. I'm fairly certain this is episode 40 overall. That's quite, quite an achievement, really, isn't it? I know. It's about time to think about bailing out. Yeah, I'm going. I'm probably going to go after this, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's very interesting, Sharon, actually. Yeah, we can have a chat. Me, you, Magazine, have a little chat, see what we can sort out, put together if people are interested. Yeah. Um, have, have a little look at. I mean, you, you, Sharon will understand more so than I. Uh, about timelines of stuff and costs and whatever. We can all have a little conversation before we release anything properly, magazine, and see what we decide. And I think what Sam means by chat is we'll talk and then Sharon will do all of the work, would you say? Yeah, she'll probably make the decisions as well. To be <laughs> yeah, we'll just be there. <laughs> yeah. We'll just go, that looks fucking great. Can I get one? <laughs> but no, really good shout, Char. Char. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, the board games thing for me there's a couple i want to sort of touch upon one of my biggest memories of being a kid is getting told that i wasn't allowed to stay up with my mum dad and their two friends when they came over to play trivial pursuit because i was too young and i was very very little mind i was really tiny um i can remember there being bottles of martini and packs of benson and hedges out on the coffee table and they'd come over have a drink and the place would be full of cigarette smoke i mean this is the mid 80s so it's a different time um and I remember my dad saying, if you can answer one question correctly, you can stay up. You're not had to play, but you can stay up for a little bit with the grown-ups. And I remember my dad picked a card at random, said, what colour do I want? I picked a colour, not even knowing what the topics were. And it happened to be sport. And bear in mind, I'm a kid. I know nothing about anything. And he simply said, who won the snooker world championships in i think i think they said 1981 that rings a bell 1980 whatever it was and i literally named the only snooker player on you which was steve davis and it happened to be right yeah and i still to this day oh yeah totally my mum thought it was funny and my my mum and dad yeah they thought my my, my, mum and dad (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) um buckaroo i i freaking hated that donkey man i hated that donkey Wow, what was it about Buckaroo that you found so difficult? Well, just just fucking kick out and shit, wouldn't he? Yeah, but it's they're all weighted the ho- the, the yeah. stuff that you put on. So you put the heavier stuff to the front because that's the part that doesn't kick, and then the the lighter stuff to the back because then it's not it doesn't weigh it down. That's the whole point. You can, eventually, it goes anyway because that's no, the thing, you, isn't you, it? You can you can stack all of it on if you know the sequence. So you had a sequence for when you played Buckaroo? No, there is one. There is a sequence. There's a, a set a set place for pretty much all the parts so the 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 donkey doesn't kick off. And you figured that out? Well, yeah. It's trial and error, sir. You must have had so much time on your hands. 
<laughs> Why well, think I do 19 podcasts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, friendly. I hated that bloody donkey, mate. It would just it made me jump, you know. And um perfection. Do you remember that? Like yellow box. Pop up pirate. Oh yeah, that was the same. Putting putting the and bang and oh my god. See, this is why I reckon uh, in the past I've had issues with anxiety because of stuff like this in my childhood has <laughs> messed me up. Bat. Because of pop and hungry hippos. Hungry hippos never used to make me jump because they wouldn't move when I press the button. So I know the crack with that, you know. But buckaroo, that donkey would just go off. Um, perfection was the one in the yellow box, and you press press that thing down, set the timer, and it would go diddly, 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 really fast. And you had all these oh, little, yeah, the little I, tiny I, pieces. I, I, you... I, I couldn't remember what game you were on about when you, yeah. when you said perfection, but they're all like different shapes, and you had to fit yeah. them in quick and, 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 and also it, it, it randomly just go bang, yeah. Oh, no, not for me, mate. I used to really enjoy Ghost Castle, though. That was banging. I've never heard of that. That was a great game. You basically, had, it was like you had to go round the route. It was like, it was almost like snakes and ladders, I guess. You had to go round from one place to another. But there were things that would make you go back a few places, go forward a few places, just by the roll of the dice. Like okay. a ghost would pop out of somewhere and do this, or you'd land on something and you'd have a little plastic skull and you have to drop it in the top of this castle. And it would fall out of different places and knock somebody over. What's that say? PPUP. Pop up pirate UP. Pop up pirate PTSD. Yeah. That's a t shirt, isn't it? So we can have that. That's a t shirt with that on it. A t shirt with I know words on it. We're merchandising gold mine today. I know. With the Comrade Thompson of podcasts <laughs> although he may be the conrad thompson of podcast yeah i maybe. think he probably is yeah uh, <laughs> lastly though my favorite was mice trap do you remember mice trap i do yes yeah that Again, was another that's, one that's another game we kind of cheated at because you meant to go around the game and, and build the 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 contraption mm. as you go well no who's got time for that bullshit you build the contraption first then play the game yeah. See, we didn't even play the game, me and my sister. We, that was one of the ones that came out of this this magical cupboard at my nan's, at my, mm-hmm. at my, my, my nanny William's house. Um, it, this cupboard was like this mystical thing. It was like the TARDIS in Doctor Who. It was bigger on the inside because it didn't matter how many times you bought stuff out. There was always more stuff to get out. A mousetrap was in there. And um, we used to build it up and then just set it off and then build it up and set it off for hours. We never played the game. <laughs> That's just what we did. Yeah, I used to like that. I used to like Kaplunk as well. Did you ever play Kaplunk? Oh, the sticks and... And the marbles. Yeah. Marble, was it Marble Madness or Marble marble Scramble or something like that as well? Are you on about Screwball Scramble? That's the, the one, yeah. The, the like, green board and you had to cross the bridges and, and use the magnet to cross the river and stuff like that. Yeah, that was a good game. Yeah. Now, getting on to Monopoly very quickly because we're, we're getting on time-wise. Oh, Yes. Tell us your tale, sir. I freaking hate Why are you a Monopoly. big baby when it comes I, to I just hate. I just hate Monopoly more than I hate that damn donkey, that rickety-shaking, exploding yellow box from Perfection. You know, all of these things, that crazy one-eyed bastard from Pop-Up Pyro who shoots up in the air. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I hate Monopoly more than any of those combined because it just simply causes stress and makes everyone argue. We, my kids my kids are older now, so it might be different. But when we used to go on holiday, there'd be a Monopoly board in, in, in the caravan we'd rent, and they'd always want to play Monopoly at least once. And it would be great fun for half the time. And the rest of the time, I'm thinking, why have we done this again? Why have we got this bloody board out again? Because it would just stress me out. 
And that was it. I hated it, so I banned it. I was point blank, no, I'm not playing Monopoly anymore. You want to play Monopoly, I'm going like... I think Sar made this one up to make himself look like he isn't a complete loser. Which one? That's that's from that's from Mrs. Sar. That's from my wife. This 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 person chose to marry this loser right here. Uh, if that's not love, I don't know what is. Chose to marry this loser. <laughs> I mean, her words, not mine. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sharon's got a point here. Actually, she's got a very good point. She says here um, that. Um, just uh, Benny in the chat here saying, we, uh, "Did we mention atmosphere? Yeah, we uh, we had a quite a long little uh, chat about atmosphere. So uh, yeah, get time, um, Benny, just uh, rewind a little bit and, uh, and listen along, sir. Yeah, and we sang your praises a great deal for all the uh, the technical expertise and ideas. And so yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm, I'm not going to do it again, Dave. Because to be honest, I turned it my hurt own him stomach. enough. It hurt yeah. him enough to say it the first time. <laughs> I turned my own stomach with how sickly I was. If you want to listen, the audio comes out Wednesday, mate. Check out then. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Sharon says with regards to the family monopoly it was only Charlie that kicked off defo my daughter yes there are certain traits of my youngest where she does take after me my wife my wife obviously contributes the good parts of her personality Charlie's short temper and narkiness probably does come from me so (laughs) I can't argue with that (laughs) so let's end this uh, non-wrestling topic on a question posed by Andy from Bang Bang and uh, you guys in in and and guys in the chat, tell us your favourites as well. Um, what character did you like being, sir? Uh, I've got you down as an iron. So which uh, monopoly? You mean which monopoly piece did you uh, did you make a play for? Um, little car. I used to like the little car. Yep, same. Because it was like it a little car. Yeah, it was like an old classic racing car, wasn't it? An old classic, mm-hmm. old style sort of. Yeah, that was like cool. A, like like almost like an E tap. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I like the little car, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying little car. I know that uh, for the newer editions, they've totally, like, changed all the pieces as well, which is uh, which is not cool. If I if I couldn't get the car, someone else got that first, top hat. That's a bit of uh, okay. So they've updated them all now, have they, for, like, the... the I, I believe so. The term uh, is youth of today, I guess. If it's the youth of today, I suppose you're probably going to be a moped, um, a knife, um, a, 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 a joint or a... Phone. A joint or a needle, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my hey, Lord. I read the papers, mate. I'm just commenting on that, that. That's satire, that is, mate. That's talking about modern day. <laughs> so, in the chat, everyone's going for it. Looks like the, the same few. Uh, Dan Griffin is always the car, dog second choice, then top hat. Yeah. Scottish Danny was the hat. Um, Dan Griffin, uh, he was the thimble last year. Nobody liked the thimble. Um, then, um, Andy from Bang Bang nailed it. Mag's definitely the top hat. Uh, <laughs> he's the, the only top hat in Burnley. Uh, and then, um, Sharon, he, he's an old boot now. Thanks, and a, love. And a snowflake. <laughs> I'm feeling, I'm feeling the, the passion between you two today. The snowflake, really I think. Through. I think the snowflake is meant as the modern day, uh, Monopoly pieces potentially along with our dagger and potential. Could you make a could you make a game a, a gaming piece out of metal that looks like a line of powder? I'm not sure, but you know, who knows? Maybe that's something for the uh, game makers to develop. I'm full surely, of ideas, man. I'm not ideas. This way would be a, a, a rolled up fiber. That'd yeah, be the easiest yeah, one. Good shot, yeah. Anyway, good shot. before we get into <laughs> legal issues, I believe we should we should go to wrestling because this is essentially. It is. A wrestling show. 
It is a wrestling podcast, Maxi. So, so are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you? Are you? Oh, let's get ready to rumble! Ooh, Maxi, Maxi, Maxi! Oh, you won the poll again. <laughs> as um, as Steve or said. Get to fuck. <laughs> uh, yes, thank you so, so much to everybody who voted, retweeted, liked, shared, and so on and so forth. The poll again this week, hugely, hugely appreciated. Um, the winner was my selection from SummerSlam 2002. Uh, Triple H versus Shawn Michaels in a non-sanctioned match. Uh, Shawn Michaels' comeback match for the first time in the ring. What a WWE e-ring anyway in four years um as you can see all around us here this fantastic graphic mr mags has drawn up and stuck us on that's fantastic stuff there um mags first thoughts mate when was the last time you watched this back and, and how did you feel going back to visit oh it's been it's been quite a while since uh going back but i think it's it's one of those matches where you you kind of even though you haven't watched it for a long long time because of how important the storyline was, this was uh, Shawn Michaels coming back, and the run that he had after this match uh, was arguably one of his the best runs that he's he's ever had. Um, yeah, it was such a, a good match, and I'm, I'm actually and I say this every time you win, I'm actually glad you won because this is a really cool match that that we got back uh, gone. Uh, we got to go back and watch. I've just noticed directly above me and right next to the glorious Shawn Michaels. It's still a picture of my drunken mush. No, <laughs> it, it's almost like two pictures of Shawn Michaels there. You reckon? No. No, it's not at all. No. I reckon my weight is twice of what Shawn Michaels is. Uh, or was, or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so... Uh, do you know, Dan, you are a saving uh, grace twice today wink uh and he's also in involved in in the announcement in a in a way uh that's so yeah it. before he's just himself he's trying to put himself he over that's, yeah, what, that's it is. what it is i mean he's, <laughs> he's hanging around with utt rob that's what he's that's what it's done uh, bad influence um, me, isn't he? yes but dan's right we did say that we had a a bit of announcement to uh to what's happening in the the upcoming weeks for for chain wrestling so before we get into this uh, absolutely outstanding match um, so essentially, um, in a couple of weeks, uh, I'm not going to be available for a recording of, uh, of chain wrestling. So, because we didn't want to deprive you guys uh, uh, your Monday fix uh, of chain wrestling, um, we pre-recorded one uh, earlier on today. So it'll be like going back in time for us, but it's uh, two weeks in the future for you guys. Uh, and because it's it's out of sync with uh, Chain Wrestling Live, and and you guys uh, play a massive part in in uh, in um, in structuring the show. Uh, it's a little bit different to what it would normally be. Uh, there's no obviously there's no uh, uh, non wrestling topic because we we get all that info usually like within twenty four hours of the recording. Um, so it's it's essentially uh, just us to having a chat. Uh, reviewing a match, and we uh, we thought it'd be cool to bring uh, young Dan Griffin in on on that, and uh, we gave him the option to uh, to pick a match. He went over and above uh, and went the chain wrestling route of putting a poll out, 
uh, and uh, and basically the winner of the poll became the match that, that we chat about. Uh, so yeah, definitely look out for that. Uh, that episode will drop on the thirteenth of uh, September. So we'll be here next week, definitely. So the topic that we, uh, the match that we picked this week, will will definitely be covered next week. But the one that we pick next week will uh, it'll be delayed a week, so that one won't then come out till uh, the the twentieth. So we'll get back exactly into the timeline. It's just this is a little bit of a deviation, a, a non-canon uh, episode. Yeah, kind of a a step sideways and then back again, I suppose, into our breaking portal. the chain. Which yeah, that's sad, it, sad didn't like. I'm not having that. We're not breaking the chain. I don't like that at all. Pat that in. <laughs> Pat that in. We're going sideways, <laughs> looking at something, coming back. That's all we're doing. Yeah. We're deviating. Start scene. There we. Oh, that's it, mate. Yeah, that's it. There we go. So yeah, next week as normal. Week after special edition of. Chain wrestling, not live. I think maybe we'll call it. I don't know. I mean, and then we're back as live. normal the week after. We did record it live, yeah. Chain wrestling semi live, maybe. <laughs> and then we're back to normal the week after that. So yeah. So there we go. Thanks again to to Danny for coming on. It was a great laugh earlier on chatting wrestling with him. So I hope everyone will enjoy that little deviation to our normal uh, our normal show. Um, and then we'll return to normal the week after. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's get into this match. And thanks for the reminder, Dan. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Even though it's just because you want to put yourself over, obviously. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, Magsy, this match, I mean, I I put this forward because obviously I'm a Shawn Michaels guy. I, I, I adore Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair are my two all-time favourites, even though a couple of guys recently are starting to get into the, the mindset of that as well. But we'll talk about that another time. Um but Sean was my guy growing up. Um, when the Rockers split, I remember watching it live. Well, not live, but the, the episode of Superstars or whatever it was at my nan's house. Um, Sean looked so cool with the leather jacket and the hair and everything. I was like, oh, who is this guy? He looks amazing. I wanted him to beat the Bulldog when I was a kid for the Intercontinental Bout because I just thought this guy, just the, the swagger, the charisma, I just thought he was so cool. Um, and then... Obviously, the stuff he did in his world title runs in the 90s, his comeback here and so on. Sean's my favorite wrestler. Just absolutely fantastic. Um, the emotion this moment had for me, this match had for me, and the build-up this match had for me back those, what are we, 19 years ago or whatever, is almost on par with the emotion of CM Punk coming back this last week. Yeah. Because Michaels, like I said, was my guy from 11 years old, 12 years old, whatever it was, all the way through my teens. Michaels was my guy. Good guy, bad guy, whatever. So, yeah, this was a huge, huge thing for me. Um, And the fact that the match delivered made it even better because when he came back, I was at an age to understand how things worked. And I was concerned four years away, bad back. Is he going to tarnish his legacy? Mm -hmm. But to me, oh, my word, this was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, and and I've always looked at this match as um, as kind of a test for Sean himself to see if he mm. could still do it. Uh, I think if he would have uh, shit the bed in this in this uh, in this match, I don't think he would have stuck around. Uh, but I think this match proved to him, um, proved to us as fans that he he still had it, and he was arguably a better all round wrestler than he was before he left. I mean, he certainly, uh, he lost that kind of a political side of him. He lost that kind of a over, overbearing confidence, uh, kind of cocky attitude he had. 
he became, he come back as a, a better all round wrestler. And, and there has always been the case that this 2002 run was the best run of his career, even though he he arguably had more accolades in in his earlier part of his career. And I I, I think I subscribe to that theory. I think this run really kind of dragged me into Shawn Michaels as as a as a wrestler, as a character, um, as a, as a human being. I really enjoyed this version of Shawn Michaels better than any other version of Shawn Michaels that that we've ever had. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, Michaels. In the mid nineties, which I suppose you're you're covering yourself now with a change in attitude. His yeah, his he, world... he's the main man so far. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His his main event sort of world title run, I guess. Ninety six, you know, winning the Rumble, the Iron Man match, and so on. Um... <laughs> For those listening on audio, there's a little comment popping up there from my wife saying she did offer to do chain wrestling with Cy, but I I said that Max would throw his toys out the pram. That is and not. I... I absolutely would. Uh, Yeah, Michaels in in 96, he was effectively carrying the company on his own, wasn't he, Max? As you know, anyone who doesn't listen to A Change in Attitude, you're you're an absolutely bloody idiot. What's wrong with you? Go and give it a listen. They're they're, they're covering a fantastic period in wrestling where... Mm, I mean... hmm. Okay, okay. Fantastic's the wrong word. Interesting then, shall we say, because it's, it's, it's the biggest company in the world going through well, it's trying to find its feet. It's trying to find an identity, isn't it? And you've got some aspects of the older times and then some aspects of the Attitude Era coming in and mm-hmm. Michaels is on top and feeling the pressure because a lot of big names aren't around anymore. And it, it's a really interesting period in wrestling. And Michaels' in-ring was untouchable in this time. It, yeah, it was absolutely uh, well, untouchable. The, for me, there was about two or three uh, wrestlers who were really carrying the company in terms of wrestling. Mm. Uh, the likes of Mackles, head and shoulders above everyone else, but then you had the likes of Savio Vega, who was uh, he was the perennial jobber, but his wrestling style was was top yeah. draw. And then you had uh, Owen Hart, who uh, oh. is one of the very very best. Um, and there's always been this argument uh, that Michaels was a bad drawing champion. Uh, and I, uh, for a long time, fairly subscribed to it because it was right. The pay-per-views were doing, weren't doing as well. The the uh, attendance in live crowds wasn't doing as well. But going back and watching his uh, his stuff as champion for for a change attitude, kind of shows it's that's it's not as simple as that. No. He he was the best thing in a very very kind of a like you said a, a show that didn't know what it wanted to be. Mm. He had one foot still in the eighties style wrestling and one foot being forced into like this newer kind of um, uh, eighteen to 13, 39 or eighteen to forty nine demographic style of wrestling that. WCW was absolutely knocking out of the park week on yeah. week on the other side, and that was forcing Vince to to make these changes. And you could see the reluctance because he was still relying on stupid gimmicks and and squash matches. But then you saw the likes of Michaels, the likes of uh, Owen Hart, the likes of Stone Cold Steve Austin coming through, and you can see where they'll be the the kind of uh, catalyst to drag WWE into its most uh, its most prosperous period ever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that period there, I mean, that's that's peak. I mean, I, I was what ninety six. I was fifteen. So to me, this was like you know, Michaels was the guy in ring and the guy promotion wise. He was being pushed as the guy as well as being the best they had. So that was awesome for me as as a fan watching. And then, obviously, he went away, back injury in 98, after, again, a really great run in 97, going into, you know, as he was 
part of the initial DX with Triple H, China, and oddly Rick Rude popping up as a bodyguard there. And um, for a cup for a cup of coffee, certainly. Yeah, exactly. And then um, he went away, and that was that. And then we have this absolutely fantastic. I think this is this is incredible television. I rewatched so much of it back this afternoon with with, with Charlie. I, I rewatched the Raw where Michaels came back and was given the opportunity to be Triple H's manager, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to do it and walked away. And then later on that night, they decide they're going to reunite DX and Triple H pedigrees him. And then the following week, Sean's looking for Triple H, and Triple H is is. It turns up in the ring and says, I did it because you're weak. Um, you can't handle yourself anymore. I'm trying to prove a point to you. You can be my manager and all this sort of stuff. And then he gets a message saying that Sean's been attacked in the car park. So he runs out and there's a, a perfectly round hole in a window of a car. I mean, Sean must have like the perfect symmetrical skull to create that round hole in that car window, you know? Um, it's almost like a, he had a pool ball shaped hall yeah uh, in the, <laughs> the perfectly symmetrical noggin just douche you know and, uh, <laughs> and um sean's on the floor covered in blood and so on and triple h is all like oh who's done this and um it, the following week he's looking for suspects triple h apologies he, he's looking for suspects as to who's done this we get the satellite link and then to me again as a sean michaels fan thinking is this leading to sean coming back Mm-hmm. this to me is one of the most underrated promos or underrated exchanges that I think wrestling has ever put on or the WWE has ever put on triple H in the ring, Sean at home in San Antonio via satellite link that Eric Bischoff said was very expensive. And um, talking about how uh, the security guy has, has got footage. Can we see, we can see who it is. And then Trish Hunter's in the ring going, Oh, we can't really make it out because the footage is a bit fuzzy. And Sean says, Oh, I don't understand technology a bit like myself. And he says, we're going to uh, zoom in and clear it up. And they do. And the crowd is like, there's no noise from the crowd. And then the pixelization gets cleared and you can just like make out his triple H and the crowd react to that image. And what a fantastic moment. And then you get from, from Sean and it sat in the chair, all busted up at home going, it was you Hunter. And that moment where triple H sideways on spits his chewing gum out. And then that rass mouth. Look, oh, and that smile creeps across his, oh man, what fantastic television that whole thing was. It's, it was so good, and and to say they kind of took elements, I suppose, of uh, of Austin being run over uh, by Rikisha, it felt fresh. I, I still feel that it felt mm-hmm. um, like one of a really well told story. Like like you said, I mean, you've waxed absolutely lyrical about it, and normally with it, with it being Shawn Michaels, I'd be kind of like poo pooing it a little bit, but I cannot <laughs> I cannot say uh, a word against it. The 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 storyline is just so well yeah. told, really, really well told. Uh, and it leads to uh, Shawn Michaels essentially asking for a match, uh, saying he's going to be uh, fit and well for for SummerSlam. I mean, um, that, that in itself, Maxi, sorry to interrupt, that in itself, again, I, I'm, I'm sat here, I'm, I'm sat effectively here looking at my television. Charlie is sat to the side of me on the other sofa. I'm sort of half looking at her as this is going on because she's never seen any of this before. Uh, and when um, Shawn Michaels is... <laughs> they are very much looking like that. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> um, when Sean Michaels is sat there and he goes, Oh, 
you know, the doctors say I'm going to make a, a 100% recovery. And he sort of looks away and goes, oh, bye, say, SummerSlam. Now, I remember sitting on my sofa watching that in 2002 and standing up and being like, oh, my God, oh, my God, Sean's coming back. I looked across at Charlie and this big grin just appeared across her face because even that, I mean, I got, I got goosebumps rewatching that as a Shawn Michaels fan and seeing my daughter react like that as well. Oh, absolutely. Just, just the timing of it, the delivery that oh, it was you Hunter. I'll be back by SummerSlam and you can't wrestle anymore. And then Tr- Shawn Michaels saying, I'm not coming to wrestle. I'm coming to fight. Just so, so if you haven't seen it, go back and check out these Monday night raw segments. So good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scottish Danny mentions in the chat the promo music for the video package is immense. Yeah. It's so da- it fits perfectly, absolutely perfectly. Uh, it's it's almost on a par with uh, with um, Maui for Iris mm-hmm. twenty seventeen. Yeah. It's such a such a well fitted music, um, perfectly fits the storyline as well. Uh, so yeah, good good shout there, Dan. Um, it's great music. Yeah, exactly. And, and for the audio version, for people listening later in the week who, who you consume, catch a snippet. you may get a little bit chucked in somewhere around, because it is just, again, I think it's such an underrated, I don't know, would you call it a promo? Because it's two guys, I don't know, how would you? No, uh, it's, it's definitely a promo video, um, hmm. but yeah, uh, great music. I, yeah. I know your every move. That's I've it, yeah. heard your every oh, word. So good. I know you well. It just fits perfectly. It's almost yeah. like it was written for the, for this uh, for this storyline. Yeah, this is a really good point as well, actually. Sharon, my wife, posting in the chat. Um, Charlie, who we refer to as the Bubba because she's the baby of the family, even though she's actually 11 now. It's just a habit that we've got. <laughs> um, she didn't know who Hunter was at first. She's just always... no. She's not... She's not known him as Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the, the character. She's only known him as Triple H. Mm-hmm. So we had to explain. And we were like, she was like, well, that's his initials. And, and she was like, oh, yeah. But she never twigged that Hunter was his name, which I thought was really interesting. Oh, that's cool. Mm, yeah. But when we get to the match then, because I've gone on enough about how that segment was awesome. Um, it would have been very easy, Magsy, as you said, after brilliant build-up, brilliant storytelling, the who, the whole who done it stuff on Raw, for it to... For it to be flat and shit the bed, couldn't it? I mean, Triple H was back from his um, quad injury, which he's quite famous for in this period as being muscle mass wise the biggest he'd been yet to date, mm-hmm. and was much slower in the ring. But then before his injury, Sean had obviously been off for four years. I mean, we'll always say four years. Wink, wink. He had that one match for his Texas wrestling company, but we'll sort of skirt around that for the purposes of this conversation. Um, it could have quite easily have just fallen flat, mate, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, both have uh, long histories with with uh, injuries. It, anything could have gone wrong in this match. You've got two people with serious injuries. I mean, Triple H's quads were essentially tore from the bone. Uh, and obviously, Shawn Michaels spending the four years away from the ring, this could have, could have gone tits up very, very quickly. And with how brutal they were with each other, mm. I'm surprised it didn't go tits up because it, they... They gave a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and like you said, it could have gone so bad. But I think the the way they kept it relatively simple mm-hmm. kind of worked to their advantage. I mean, the story they told for me was very good in that Sean's obviously the smaller guy. Sean's obviously been eight for four years. He's the underdog, and they played on that and had Triple H 
for a long period of the match, barring the, the opening flurry in which Sean threw a few punches and um, they went on the outside and bumped into the steps and the ring post and so on. When Triple H took control early on, he kind of controlled the match for a, a very long period, didn't he? Yeah. And it was quite... Be- beating down on Triple H. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was very methodical. It was very a Triple H pace, shall we say, which isn't necessarily slow, but it's not in any way, shape or form quick. But the impact of the moves were, I mean, some of the, there was a couple of side slams he used, one to a chair that was set up and then one to a chair that was flat on the floor. Bearing in mind, Sean's back was the, also the secondary story of the match, I guess, other than Sean just being the underdog. This, he was selling the back a huge amount, which he should do, of course. And, and, someone... Tri- and Trips was targeting the back. Yes, exactly, which, yes. Which shows just how mm-hmm. well well told a story that this actually was. I mean, uh, whenever Michaels did get any kind of uh, offense in, um, it, Hunter was straight back to the back, straight back to the weak point. Uh, I think there's a, a point where uh, Michaels tries for a super kick, Hunter dodges, hits a backbreaker, uh, then another one whip into the corner, all focusing on the back, chair shots to the back, and really laying those chair shots in it. He was not holding anything no. back, um, which if you've been out for four years with back problems, that's a brave, brave thing to do, uh, To and a trusting thing to do to, to allow the story be about how much punishment you can take on, on that back. It was, uh, it was brutal, and what, what really kind of sold it more was the crowd reacted to every single uh, attack on the back. The mm. crowd was was like, oh, like just they were feeling the pain that Shawn Michaels were, was going through. It's uh, yeah, it, it's such brilliant wrestling from two people who have amazing chemistry. I mean, these guys were the best of friends for, and they probably still are the best of friends. Um, they they were just so golden in the ring. Yeah, yeah, totally, and and I think all of that is what makes this as brilliant as it is because there's uh, the Shawn Michaels here. The selling by Michaels is, is, is Ricky Morton-esque. It's, it's that good. You, you genuinely, regardless of what you may think about the guy's character or attitude at certain times in his life, you, you watch this match back. If you're invested, which I think after the buildup and the video package and so on, you can't help, but feel invested in what, what's yep. going to happen here. Um, it, if you're not invested, they drag you in early on with Sean's cocky entrance and lying across the top rope and doing this to Triple H saying, come on then. And, and, and the way they start the match and then Triple H taking control and then dominating and there's Michael's selling. If you're not invested in the story they're trying to tell early on, they, they, they drag you in with how good they are at this. Um, they don't do anything, I suppose, out of the ordinary. They don't do anything. I mean, you don't see the Shawn Michaels moonsault, for example, which you saw before the injury. And then you saw in later years again, because obviously this is his first match back for four years. Why risk it? You don't need to. It all well, made sense. Only, yeah. Not only that, I think uh, if this would have been a standard match, we may have seen moves like that, but this was an unsanctioned match. This mm-hmm. match meant nothing. Uh, this didn't add to anyone's records. Uh, this was a fart. This was a blood feud. Uh, in the first match back, so doing yeah. moonsaults and and uh, and and superplexes and things like that, they didn't really count because they're wrestling moves. This were these are two people who wanted to 
to hurt each other, wanted to abuse each other. Uh, so it absolutely made sense that they didn't uh, crack out those uh, half-flying moves and, and, and those kind of submission-style moves because this was about ending your opponent's career, basically. Yeah, and again, that's, that's the sort of thing I'm trying to get at, I suppose, but you worded it so much better than I there, Magsy. It, it, made, it made sense because of that. If this was, um, I don't know, if this was, say, AEW, and I don't want to be, I don't want to sit here now and dig AEW out anyway, because I love AEW. I really enjoy watching. I've had hours of entertainment from this company with watching with my wife and my daughter. However, if this was, say, the Bucks or whoever wrestling in a big blood feud, you would still see flips off the top rope. There's no argument about that. You would, and yeah. it wouldn't fit the ethos of what it wouldn't fit the 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 feeling or the rivalry. That do you know what I mean? Mm. You absolutely make sense. Um, there, there is a time for that style of wrestling mm-hmm. when you are in a uh, you are in a standard wrestling match. This wasn't a wrestling match. This was a, a, a fight, and people don't do uh, superplexes. They don't do moonsaults. In fact, they punch, they scratch, they claw, they use weapons, they target uh, body parts and weak points. That's exactly what happened in this match. And and like uh, Dan has said in the chat, it wasn't anything that you uh, haven't seen before, but it was, uh, it's all stuff that's done really, really well and, and looks legitimate. And that, that's what kind of uh, makes this match as good as it is, that it looked mm. like legitimate hair between two people. Yeah. Legitimacy, legit, legitimacy, sorry, is, is spot on because everything they did, I don't think you can poke a hole in anything that happened in this match. Um, I've got one grab. Is it the abdominal stretch? No. Um, ah, because that's mine. <laughs> yeah, but again, I, I see the point of it because yeah, you're, yeah. you're kind of targeting that back. If it, That kind of is like a bit of an... an the, the kind of... A, the, um, the anomaly of the match. What, what annoyed me was, was uh, the bit with Earl Hebner. Uh, this is an okay. unsettling... I mean, I get he and uh, and uh, Trips have had issues in the past, uh, but this is an unsanctioned match. His only job was to count the pin, but yet you see him get involved, uh, trying to stop using the sledgehammer, uh, stop him uh, uh, grabbing the ropes and things like that. I just don't think, I think sometimes he uh, kind of overstepped his, his authority in this match. Mm. See, I, I'm actually... And you're not going to hear this from me very often at all, because I hate when referees get involved in anything, whether it's a ref bump, um, a, a distraction where they're looking the wrong way for 20 minutes, all that sort of nonsense gets on my nerves. But I actually think this was done quite well, because Earl actually came across like he, he wasn't just playing a role or wasn't just a part in a, a script, so to speak. To me, Earl Hebner came across like he had genuine concern about Michael's well-being and wasn't acting as an official. He was more acting as just like a human being. But that's just how I perceived it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally see that point. But um, this this is like when you're watching two of your mates have a fight and you, you don't get involved until the fight's over. Uh, mm. Earl, Earl just seemed to um, be too involved. Uh, and I get the point where he shoved into the ropes and he, uh, he, he the crotches, the crotch on the ropes to Michaels. That made sense, but it was the whole kind of, uh, you're not allowed to do this, Hunter. You're not allowed to use this sledgehammer. It's, 
he, he is though, really. I mean, yeah, you didn't yeah. you didn't complain when uh, Shawn Michaels uh, was DDT'd into a chair and and ended up being cut up. You didn't complain when Triple H was uh, pounding the living shit out of Shawn Michaels back with a chair. Yeah. But <laughs> suddenly he's not allowed to use uh, a sledgehammer. It just mm. kind of didn't make sense. But that again, that is a tiny, tiny grab on on what is a, a an awesome match. See my uh, my tiny gripe. Well, no, that's not right. My, 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 I had a slight issue with the abdominal stretch when it was applied because when Triple H first put the abdominal stretch on, I felt it was out of place. But mm-hmm. then it wasn't on for long and it made sense by the time the move was took off. So they, you know, it sort of altered my mindset on that, I guess. My, my little gripe, I suppose, would be Sean's took all this punishment to his back. Scottish Danny Earlberg, yeah. Um, he, he took all this punishment to his back. The whole story is based around his his bad back. And there's and I, I understand they can set it as adrenaline and heat of the moment and so on. Um, but the, the, the nip up from lying on the floor onto his feet and then bouncing up and down with excitement, mm-hmm. there was no selling of the back at all from Sean there. Yeah, I, I understand that bit. Um, that bit kind of was a bit like, uh, okay. But I mean, so, I'm, again, I'm really, I'm really clutching at straws there, Max, trying to find something. You know, that that was for the pop. We mm. all know that that was for the pop. Yeah, of course. God damn, did it get a pop? Yeah. Uh, but just before we get to there is where Triple H uh, uh, is bleeding, um, we get the the um, Triple H losing shed loads of blood, and mm. I think this is the point where uh, Shawn Michaels is rearranging the furniture uh as jim ross uh, says on, on on the outside uh he uh takes the top part of the step uh, the ring steps away then run ra- runs around and I, I couldn't for the laughing me remember why he did it until it happened uh he runs around to get momentum so he can s- literally just grab uh triple h's head and slam it into the bottom of, yeah. the, uh, part of the stairs thought that, that was uh pretty cool uh the way he, he proper put some stank into it i'll tell you what Maxie, that's so weird you saying that because i i thought exactly the same thing when sean sets off i'm like well where's he going what's he doing, he was doing and the i could remember- train yeah exactly stroman <laughs> you gimmick stealing bastard uh, <laughs> that, that was the hbk locomotive for i don't know but that was <laughs> but it weren't until he grabbed him and almost i suppose it was a, a sort of bulldog i guess or a face mm-hmm. pants or whatever it was um until it actually happened i had no i couldn't remember that either yeah. but yeah i totally agree with you mate um there's a great moment as well where Sean takes the shoe off one of the Spanish commentators and nails Triple H. Hugo, the... Hugo uh, Saminovich, I think it is. Yeah. And just clocked oh, it. And that, what a what a spangly boot he had as well. Yeah, he nice little good. heel on there as well. Yeah. Clocks him square in the face. Well. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then when they get back in the ring, uh, Michael's uh, uh, takes his belt off. So it's uh, yeah. whipping the living piss out of, uh, out of trips with that. So we're getting that kind of build up, uh, that comeback. Um, the the smaller guy, like you said earlier, uh, starting to to gain his momentum. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and again, it comes back to being legit, believability, and so all of that. The, the 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 running around the ring. When Braun Strowman runs around the ring, I don't buy it. Why would a bloke that big run around just to bump into people? It makes no sense. He just squash them and just grab hold of them and destroy them. It's it's, it's yeah. silly. And obviously it's done to get a reaction from the crowd and the youngsters watching. I appreciate that. But from a standpoint of making sense or realism, I suppose, for want of a better term, 
I think it's bloody stupid. Sean running around the ring to do that made sense. Sean using the and it looked legit. It looked real. The chair shots looked, looked when they were hitting them with the baking tray tin foil bloody um, trash can. Trash can lids, yeah. It looked real. Mm-hmm. You know the DDT that split Sean open looked real. Mm-hmm. All of it, even just as simple as throwing a right hand from either of them, yeah. looked legit, and it made sense. And it had me on the edge of my seat. 19 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it was, as much as it did then, now. I was on the edge of my seat this this time as well. And so was Charlie. And just, oh, my, what a fantastic contest all round. Yeah, it really, really was. And and we get uh, spots with a ladder. Shawn Michaels drags a, uh, a ladder into the ring. Um, that got a massive pop as well, didn't it, the ladder? Yeah, well, yeah, because uh, and the and the commentators even uh, mentioned it, that he's the innovator of the of the ladder match, mm. which uh, is uh, essentially uh, uh, correct. But that that gets brought in uh, for a, a cool spot that happens later on when uh, we get the the elbow drop off the ladder and her, Earl Hebner getting involved again, holding the ladder steady like a, a good impartial referee would do. <laughs> uh, but we we see kind of stuff like uh, fire extinguishers getting brought in, uh, tables. It just the the last five minutes or so starts to kind of break down into a almost a hardcore match where mm. it was just anything goes, um, and then we we lead into the finish essentially. Yeah, but when you say about the the sort of escalation of it and breaking down into a hardcore match and the more weapons coming in and so on, even that to me kind of made sense because <laughs> it was paced so well. It wasn't just crazy hardcore stuff all the way through or halfway through, and then they had to sort of build from there. The crazy hardcore stuff came at the end of the match yeah. and it always built to that. It just made absolute sense all around. It, it was a great upward trajectory of, mm. of yeah. how hardcore the, the the match went. I mean, obviously it started really passionately, but it was fists and feet, essentially. Then then we got to uh, uh, attacking body parts and then weapons and then uh, leading into, into the finish. Yeah, and and the finish came when Sean was basically building up for a super kick attempt, the sweet chin music. Um, yes, kids, once upon a time that was a finisher, and he, he goes to hit it. It's countered into a pedigree attempt, which yep. then Sean counters himself into a, a quite a clever roll up and, and sneaks the win. So it was almost like even again carrying on that early match psychology of Sean being the underdog. He's had to kind of sneak the win, even though he had spells of being the aggressor. So even that makes sense and ties into what we saw earlier in the match as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I think uh, Jim Ross says it perfectly on commentary. He says, in 25 years, I've never seen as much courage and a will to win as this. Uh, and yeah, it, it was it was an amazing feeling for all of 20 seconds um, because Triple H... The, the biggest heel in the company. And, and this is a guy who transitioned to be a heel for this storyline. Before yeah. this, he was, yeah. he was, uh, he was one of the biggest faces. Um, yeah. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't letting someone come back after four years out thinking <laughs> they can come in here and steal the limelight and, and get, get the plaudits. How dare he? So he levels him with a, with a sledgehammer. Mm. It's kind of attempted murder, isn't it? Hitting someone with a sledgehammer. I mean, Normally, with Triple H's sledgehammer shots, you see him holding the the kind of head of the mm. sledgehammer in his hand, and he kind of he hits him with his hand essentially. 
I mean, KFAB, but he well is Shawn Michaels in the yeah. back with it, with like you would if you were smashing a rock with this sledgehammer. He just just belts him in the back with it. Uh, yeah, it looks absolutely brutal, and yeah, he just beats him down until essentially Shawn Michaels is being uh, carried off on a stretcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that kind of concludes the whole match, doesn't it? I mean, it leads to. Um, Sean winning the world title at Survivor Series, uh, the first Elimination Chamber match, and then Sean's second run, I guess, with the WWE stemmed from there. Mm-hmm. So just just a brilliant time in wrestling all round, I think, 2002. Yeah. Um, after the match. Yeah, after the, the, the Monday Night Wars and then the awesomeness of the Attitude Era and then how great 2001 was. Um, some people don't like the invasion angle in 2001. I didn't mind it. I thought we had some great matches and some great segments in that. 2002, I think maybe gets overlooked a little bit because 2003, 2004, you get the emergence of the likes of Guerrero. Um, despite how his life ended, Benoit was a big success angle. at this period. Angle, uh, Lesnar came through in that time as well. So 2002 is kind of a bit, maybe gets a bit lost in the shuffle, but there's so many great matches and moments and storylines from that year, I believe. Magsy, I suppose, out of 10, mate, what do you reckon? Yeah, um, I mean, for context, again, this is the second recording uh, that we've done today, one that you will hear in a couple of weeks, and you'll see the the score that I give that. Um, But yeah, this is brilliant. I'm so so glad that this won because it was such a great match to go and watch back uh such a well-told story two wrestlers who could have easily not performed as well as this because of uh of injuries but two of the very best that's ever done it in the ring no matter what you think of them uh, uh and their careers politically um these were two of the best that's ever entered the the squared circle and this match epitomized just how good they were um I'm, I've got to give this a nine. I can't go any lower than a nine for this. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Um, for me personally, it's... I know I always say I, I try and look at things bell to bell, um, just the in-ring content, because that's what... Mm-hmm. To me, I always... I suppose the saying is always... I quote quite often. It says wrestling on the poster. It says wrestling on the marquee, however you want to look at it. Um, but I can't ignore the... The story. emotion that this yeah the emotion and the feelings that this story got out of me when i was watching first time round in 2002 the reaction to re-watching it again today with my daughter the segments the music the build-up and then again the match like we said right at the start of our, our review of it it could have shit the bed it could have been terrible because of the situation that these both of these guys were in but it was an absolute stormer i know i'm biased because sean is my guy he and flair are two of my my two all-time favorites um and yeah, you might see more spectacular moves in other matches, but this to me looked real. This to me made sense. And this to me had spectacular moments that fitted in with what they were doing. Mags, I've got to do it, mate. This is my first 10. Boom. Wow. I've got to, I, I, honestly, I said to the wife, I might have to give this a 10. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, no, I don't know. Cause we had Taker Sean the other day. That was a nine and a half. And no, this, the um, Taker Sean didn't get the same feelings out of this. Um, <laughs> biased ratings on chain wrestling. Well, I never, why? <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, I, I'm normally, I'm slightly more negative than Magsy attached with my ratings, but this one, 
that just I remember being sat on the sofa watching Sean come back and the feelings it gave me watching my favorite wrestler return and watching it back again today. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic contest. I think this is my first 10 mags. I, I don't blame you. I personally wouldn't go that high. Um, the, the stuff with, uh, with, uh, Earl Hebner kind of sullied it a little bit for me, but I, yeah, can't, I can understand that. I can't blame you for, for, for holding this in such high esteem. So yeah, that, you won't hear any a bad word from me about that. Well, that makes a change. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right then, sir, where shall we go next week? Where do you want to head? I mean, it doesn't really matter because uh, the, the 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 Twitter followers don't pick me anymore. Seems like I've oh, uh, listen to you, you sulky little boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> but just watching this this um, match, um, it it made me kind of like think just how spoiled we were for wrestling in 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 this pay per view. I mean, looking looking up and down the card, you've got Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio in the opener, followed by Ric Flair versus Chris Jericho, Edge versus Eddie Guerrero, uh, Christian and Landstone versus uh, Booker T and Gold Dust, RVD and, and Benoit. You've got Undertaker and Test, which is it's Test, but it's stacked. This is a this is a mm, legitimate yeah. like multiple Hall of Fame um, starring card. It's it's mm-hmm. outstanding. Shows how how spoiled we were as wrestling fans in in this period. But there's one thing on this card that for me is it's arguably one of the biggest changing of the guards that we've seen in wrestling and still 20 years on almost the the person who kind of took up the mantle is still the big it, it, well, there's no there's no kind of a other way of saying it but he's he's arguably the biggest draw in wrestling today mm. yeah i know you're on yeah i agree so for me i'm i'm sticking at this pay-per-view oh wow i'm going with, I'm going with the main event because you have the Rock, someone who has uh, gone through uh, uh, the the biggest period of, of, of uh, the most profitable period of wrestling, uh, never really the man because he had the likes of Triple H, uh, Stone Cold, all kind of like uh, vying for that spot. But he was certainly part of a, an elite group uh, at the top of, uh, of, 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 of WWE at that time. But there's a passing of the guard at this match mm. when he's beaten by Brock Lesnar a very young Brock Lesnar and a Brock Lesnar who for all intents and purposes has sat alone at the top of wrestling for the last 20 years yeah. when he has seen fit, when he's, uh, when he's bowed out, that's when other people come to the front. But whenever Brock Lesnar's involved, like him or love him, he is the draw in wrestling. So mm-hmm. I want to go, I want to stick with this pay-per-view and I want to go with Brock Lesnar versus the rock for the undisputed WWE championship. And that is a fantastic match with a really interesting crowd. Um, it is, it is, it's passing of the guard. Oh, they're having a dig at you there, Mags, isn't they? Leave me alone. Um, no, it's great, and it is, it is, a, it is a changing of the guard. And I actually wanted to watch that straight after watching this, mm-hmm. but. I had to come and record with you the other show we did earlier today and so on. So I would not mess 
I, I would not be heartbroken at all getting the opportunity to watch that match. It is, and again, it's such a great era, such a great pay per view. Um, yeah, just a lot of selection. I think it's the first time as well we've stuck with we've stuck with a pay per view, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think. I so. think. Mm. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. I would like to actually travel a little bit further back in time for my selection. Um, oh, Dan Griffin in the chat for those listening by audio. In the wounds. Saying here, he, he can't remember Rock Brock match. Shame that we will not be covering it. That's harsh, isn't he? He doesn't even know what my selection might be. Mine might be something from Survivor Series 93 and involved, I don't know, Doink the Clown or some shite. You don't know, do you? <laughs> that pay per view is atrocious, isn't it? <laughs> Even though Sean's on it. It's, <laughs> um, I'd like to go back a little bit further. And the reason being, we mentioned this individual earlier on. And it, the, the reason being that I'm going down this road is because it actually popped up in a conversation with my wife earlier on about members of DX uh, and so on. And we spoke about Rick Rude being in DX uh, for that literally a cup of coffee you mentioned mm-hmm. with these two guys. So that's effectively my link. Sean and Triple H being in DX with Ravishing Rick Rude is my link. To go to a Rick Rude match is what I'm looking at. Um, then I had a bit of a stumbling block. We've not looked at Rick Rude yet on this pay- on, on this show. And I think he's a hugely underrated performer. As he passed away very young, very early. So a lot of more modern fans may not have seen him. Um, a lot of older fans will remember him fondly, but maybe not have gone back and reviewed much of his stuff. So I thought that could be quite an interesting thing to do. A few matches popped in my head. I didn't quite know which way to go. Um, there's some great matches with Rude versus Sting. There's some great matches with um, Rude and Arn Anderson. Um, there's some great matches with Rude and Dustin Rhodes and, and, and Ricky Steamboat. He has some fantastic matches with, I think it's Beach Blast, where he had an Ironman contest with Steamboat, which was fantastic. And I thought, you know what? Sod it. Why don't we just go for... <laughs> Why can't we just cover a Basham's match from Scottish Danny? Hey, maybe we will soon, Scottish Danny. Maybe we will soon. If I can find a suitable link, perhaps we'll do that for you. And my, my, thought, when, my thought was... When the Basham saved the world! <laughs> <laughs> I'll be guaranteed one vote at least that week. Um, my thought was, all these great opponents for Rick Rude, Sting, Rhodes, Steamboat, and so on, I thought, why don't we just go to Rick, the only match Rick Reed was involved in that actually got five stars from old shagger Dave Meltzer. Mm-hmm. And he was facing all of those guys. And we're, I would like to go back to Wrestle War 1992 and the main event there and possibly the greatest ever War Games match of all time, War Games 92 from Wrestle War 92. And that was the uh, Dangerous Alliance led by Paulie Dangerously, or Paul Heyman, as we know him now, um, versus Sting's Squadron. And because I'm incredibly unprepared, I've not actually brought the teams up in front of me here. Bear me just a second, because if I try and remember off the top of my head, I will get it wrong and embarrass myself. But let's just have a quick look here. Wrestle War. 92. Sting's Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance. And just listen to some of these names in this match. You have... Um, where are we? Here we go. Sting I'm, Squadron. I, I, I wouldn't say I've got it up if you if you need. No, I'll just find it. Make sure. Sting Squadron was Sting, Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, Rick Steamboat, and Nikita Koloff. What a combination there. Mm-hmm. Against the Dangerous Alliance, which was stunning Steve Austin, Rick Rude, Aaron Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and Larry Zabisco. And they had Paulie Dangerously and Medusa at ringside. 
in my opinion, the best War Games match of all time, um, including some incredible talents. Um, and that's where I'd like to go, Magsy. I mean, that, uh, we've covered that match for uh, an episode of SJP. We did. Which will be in the archive, so definitely check that out. Uh, but we've got some uh, comments in the chat. You can go and read a fantastic article about Rick Rude online. No. Oh, yeah, that was penned by um, me. <laughs> and it was. It, I, that's one of my favourite pieces. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Scottish if Sharon can't include a link in there for you for that article from ProWrestlingStories.com, a brilliant website that, I, that I've done a few articles for. Some fantastic authors there, some fantastic writers. Um, if I'll, I'll share a link to it myself later on this evening and tag you in it if Sharon can't find one now, if, if you can do that for us, baby. If not, don't panic. I'll sort it out myself later. I mean, she may not know you've said that this is the best war, ma- uh, war games match when she says, you shut your face. If it isn't Adam Cole, is it really a war games? <laughs> I'll tell you, the NXT war games matches are brilliant. They For are. an old NWA, WCW, Jim Crockett Promotions fan, when they restarted that gimmick, I was excited. And when I saw the gimmick wasn't exactly how I remembered it, I naturally got all grumpy old man and was like, oh, I'm sure about this. But they did really well, Max, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I mean, I watched those war games before I watched a lot of the older war games. So Mm -hmm. we've totally got two different kind of uh, viewpoints from them. And I thought it was actually quite jarring watching a war games with a roof on, especially with how low the roofs were. Yeah. Um, Because there's the whole issue with, uh, I think it's uh, Flying Brian Pillman and and Psycho Sid, um, Sid Vicious, where essentially the roof stops the power bomb no more yeah. um, things like that but yeah if is that 91 I think that one was I think so uh, but if this one wins yeah I'd be, uh, be interested to, to revisit it yeah so those are your options for this week's poll you have The Rock versus Brock Lesnar two of the biggest names ever in WWE or wrestling at all really uh, in the main event of SummerSlam 2002 for the unified I think it was the unified no undisputed sorry WWE the Championship yeah yeah, yeah. A really, really good contest of a really interesting crowd. Great build-up to this as well. Brock's first real main event breakthrough, I suppose. A, a, a brilliant match. One that I, can't, I, I would love to go back and watch if the vote went that way. Or we have the main event of Wrestle War 1992 from WCW, which was the War Games match of the same year, 1992, between Sting's squadron, uh, Sting, Pillman, not Pillman, sorry, Rhodes, all these great guys, uh, Barry Windham and so on, versus the Dangerous Alliance with Austin, Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, uh, possibly the best war games match going five stars from Meltzer just because I wanted to see something a bit rude in it, to be honest. <laughs> it absolutely makes sense. Um, you will be able to find the poll on our Twitter account, which is at chain underscore wrestling. Um, but as always follow us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Um, again, at chain underscore wrestling. The poll will always remain on Twitter though, but you can find show links and any other information to various things on all of our social medias. Um, Maxi, anything more to add, my friend? No, I think we've uh, we've covered the gamut. So I'll definitely look out on uh, on uh, the chain wrestling Twitter to get your picks in the poll, uh, and also for the the non wrestling topic of the week. Definitely, uh, whilst you're here, give us a, a like and a subscribe, and click the notification bell so you don't end up missing any more chain wrestling or radio techers content. But yeah, yeah. essentially, that's that's it for another week. Yeah, 100%. Chuck, Radio Techers, a 
I was going to say subscription. That's not right, is it? Subscribe to Radio Techers? Is that the right term? It is a subscription. Is that what you call it then? Chuck it a subscription? Yeah. That don't sound right. Sorry. I do no words. <laughs> See, there it is again. That's going to be that's <laughs> gonna be a t-shirt. I know words. At Jane Reston. <laughs> uh, subscribe to Radio Techers on YouTube, Twitch, wherever else you can sample the awesomeness from all the wonderful people there. Magsy, Tanner, Matt, Carlos, everyone involved at Radio Techers. Loads of subjects covered. Loads of great content there. Everything you would really need. Um, follow the show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at chain underscore wrestling. You can follow me at SJP words. Um, Mr. Mags at Podfather Mags, as always. Absolutely. Um, that's where you'll find me either arguing about wrestling, debating about wrestling, or talking about football. So, yeah, come and give me a follow. Uh, come and uh, join in the conversation. Excellent stuff. I'm off now to track down the family's Monopoly board and hide it before the wife gets any ideas. Magsy, I'll speak to you next week, my friend. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> The only thing I know for sure is that the guy jumped me from behind. John, I swear to you, and I swear in front of all these people, I'm going to find out who did this to you. Find out who did this? That person is a marked man. It was you, Hunter. You're damn right it was me, Sean. I was trying to prove a point that you are weak you are vulnerable i recognize that i'm not in the best of shape right now the doctors have told me that i'll make a full recovery they say i'll be 100 100 by say uh summerslam i'm not gonna sanction your match at summerslam officially your match will never happen but it will happen eric there's nothing left till my legs are gone. You won't forget me. Cause I will fight till my final breath. Just to see you fall, I'll make you fear me. Every time you think I'm done, I'll come back strong. ever saw, but after a four-year absence, what does Shawn Michaels have left in his tank? Face facts! You can't wrestle anymore! You're done! It's I over! will cripple your ass! H-B-K is dead! Is dead! Shawn Michaels and the game! Non-sanction! I will fight till there's nothing left Till my legs are gone You won't forget me Forget me